Good morning, City Church. Everyone say fight. fight. All right, we're in part two of fight, fighting for what matters most in our life. This is a family series with a little bit of a twist today. If you're new here to City Church, again, you've heard this already, but I really, from the bottom of my heart, I want to say welcome home. And if you're watching online, we just thank you for joining us online. We're going to be mixing that up also here in the next couple of weeks. But here's the deal. If you're new with us here at City Church, we have what we call a seven-minute VIP party, and we'd really like to get to meet you. My wife and I and some of our staff will be back in the cafe. We call it our VIP room. We would love to have you join us back there. And then we believe everyone has the next step here. So if you're just checking out the church and you're liking what you're seeing and what you're experiencing, we have what we call our next step process. And the first step is to get into the growth track. The growth track starts the first Sunday of every month with 1.0. It goes for four weeks. And there you discover who we are, our vision, our values, where we're going and where you fit, where your place is here at City Church. And then the next thing is small groups. We are a small group church. We believe every person in this room grows better in God when you're connected to other believers, where you're caring for one another, you're sharing your life with one another, you're studying the Bible and praying. And, and so I would encourage you to do that today. Hey, this morning, this morning, uh, our theme verse is found in Nehemiah chapter 4, verse 14 for this series. And we're going to read this off the screen together. I want everyone to help me to do that. So I want us to read out loud Nehemiah 4.14. Let's read it together. Don't be afraid of them. Remember the Lord who is great and awesome. Fight for your families, your sons and your daughters, your wives and your homes. Everyone say fight. All right, here's the idea today. You're walking away with this. This is the theme for our series. Don't fight in your family. Fight for your family. Don't fight in your family. Fight for your family. Today, I'm talking on a topic that I've never talked about in 25 years of pastoring and preaching. I'm talking about the blended family. The blended family in our culture today is something that's just, it's a reality. It's with us. Statisticians tell us that over 100 million people in America today, we have about 350 million people, over 100 million people are part of a step family or a fem blended family unit. The fastest growing segment of families in America today is single parents and step families. Fastest growing. It's, it, on a daily basis, 2,500 families are added to this number. It's a, it's a fact that's with us today. And here's the deal. Many times as a church, we're not very equipped to deal with it because the issues and the challenges that are in a blended family many times are way more complex than a nuclear family. And so we're going to talk about today. I just want to see by a show of hands, how many of you are in a single, you're a single family parent and or you're in a step family relationship right now? Can I see hands across this room right now? Just come on, keep them up. Can we come on later? We, can we just celebrate that? Come on, we celebrate. God is for you today. You're going to fight. We're going to walk through loving and fighting and winning. We believe that God's for you today. There's a couple in our church. There's a couple in our church. They have modeled this. They have just been an outstanding example to us as a church family. And I want you to welcome them to the City Church to, uh, stage today. Their names are Yasti and Oliver Poog as we talk about the blended family. Can you give them a great big hand? Come on. Come on out, guys. Awesome. We'll do it. Just a great big group hug here, all right? <laughs> hey, Oliver, thanks. Bless you. You guys have a seat. Uh, 
Oliver and Yasti, they have just, they have the heart of City Church. They, they love people, and they've really demonstrated to us as a, as a church family. You can walk through a really, probably the most difficult thing that someone will go through, a divorce, and then a reconnecting in another relationship, and you've done it successfully. 17 years now, and I just want to say thank you. They, these guys have such big hearts. Not only have they blended their two families, but then they've adopted so many kids here in our church and have brought them into your home. And can we I just really, I want to say thank you. As a pastor, you guys demonstrate the love of Christ of bringing God's love to our city one person at a time. And I just, I want you just one more time, give him a great big hand. I want to thank you guys. At your, you're actually teaching the blended family class now. I was in your class last semester. It was just, for me, my eyes were just opened. And I knew that when we did this series, that I would have to talk about this. And, and I couldn't think of a better couple to talk about than you guys. You're also doing a small group right now, right? And you got a small group. And what night is your small group? Our group is meeting every other Saturday. Every other Saturday. House. And the name of your group is? It's Happy Marriage Equals Happy Family. Happy, happy Wife, Happy Life. We <laughs> like it, right? Happy Marriage. That's great. So, you know, you, it isn't easy, right? I mean, the whole blended family thing, we're not lying. We, we're not celebrating that there's blended families. We're celebrating that God enables to live successfully, that God enables us to live successfully in the blended family environment. So what are some of the, the things that you guys have discovered over these last 17 years that have enabled you to be successful in the blended family? Well, you know, I'm very passionate about this. I You're very speak, passionate. <laughs> I can speak about this for She's hours. the Joyce Myers of the blended family. <laughs> how to li- I mean, passionate, passionate. Yes, I can really talk to you about this for hours. But really, there's a few things that have really have allowed us to, to do so good in a blended uh, environment. Number one, we had to put God first. Mm. That had to be first in our marriage. And we had to come to God and repent of whatever we didn't do right on our previous relationship because obviously something didn't go right, right? Right. Mm -hmm. So we had to come to God and repent about that and allow God to be the center of our marriage. Excellent. And then um, as soon as we came together, there was really four major areas that we This is the big, I mean, this is where a lot of couples, because I mean, the remarriage process, divorce and remarriage, I mean, uh, that right. statistically, they tell us about 70% of people that divorce mm-hmm. remarry within the next two to three years. So that's right. a high percentage. And then of those people that remarry within the next two to three years, 70% of them end a divorce. Correct. So that's and a big there, there, deal. I think there's many reasons for that. One is they we don't know how to leave that relationship behind. We kind of uh, tend to put it all in a baggage and bring it with us. Okay. You know, and not renounce to those inner vowels is very important. Renounce to whatever went Let's unpack wrong. That. Let's unpack that a little bit. What is that? Well, what are you, talking you know, many about? times we go through difficult things in our previous marriage and we promise ourselves we won't go through that again so we make ourselves an inner vow of whenever someone does this to me this is Uh, what i'm going to do so when you do that you carry that with you so then the next i will never do that again i will never do that Mm -hmm. again i will never find myself in that situation Mm -hmm. again and so you become almost very angry of that little particular situation you so know, when it pops up in the new relationship. It, it's, it's, yeah, it's even worse. Because when you come into a new relationship, you almost come with higher expectation for a lower trust. Okay. Um, and so that was one of the things that we really had to work on was trusting each other. And that's huge in a new relationship. And there's four areas that you really have to trust each other on. One of them being um, the discipline of the kids. Okay. You know? So kids are a big issue, right? The two kids, biggest issues yeah, are yeah. the exes and the kids and going into this new relationship. Correct. Right? Mm-hmm. And that's, to, to tell you the truth, most of the couples that we speak to, the biggest challenge in a blended family is the children. 
So that's one of the areas that really need to be worked on. The kids as far as? As far as, you know, you come from two different scenarios. You know, for one of you, Excellent. discipline was very strict. For another one of you, discipline was very mm -hmm. lenient. And so coming together and trying to decide how you're going to discipline the kids is very challenging. Excellent. So first thing is kids. Dealing, one one, of, that, one okay. of the areas Getting on the, the same kids, page with that. Getting on the same page mm -hmm. with that. The intentions. You have to trust your new spouse's intentions with you and that they intentions with your children as well okay um, you have to trust them in their finances you know so many times we come a as a as a s separated situation so you may have your own bank account he has his own bank account mm. and you have properties separated from each other and now you have to bring all that together and trust each other in that and bring those accounts together we believe and it's, it's our belief that wherever the heart is like the Bible says mm -hmm. wherever your finance your tre treasure is that's where your heart is Excellent. right mm -hmm. and so if your treasure are separated your heart will always be separated wow so we believe wow. that we have uh, to bring those finances that? together mm -hmm. and I would just say some married couples out here this is a big deal and it you know, we're, deal. it's not like it's not like there's a Bible verse but it's a principle Correct. of unity in your family right Correct. Um, and the last thing you have to trust each other on is on the previous relationships. You know, he, he was married for about six years. I was married for about seven years. I got married when I was 16 years old. Do we have old. some pictures of the family? Can we... Um, so th that was the first time I met my stepkids, Oliver and Melanie. Oh, Melanie was about three or four. So Oliver, um, these are your two. These are his. This is two Oliver kids. Jr. and your daughter is correct. Melanie. Melanie. Yeah. Wow. We had two. That's Melanies. confusing. That's correct. <laughs> two Melanies. So I was married for about seven years in my previous marriage, and a product. We had three children together, and he had two children together. So we have together. There's five of them, um, and so. I had to really trust him with his previous relationship, right? Because there's kids in between them. So they have to have communication. I have to have communication with my ex-spouse. So you have to really trust each other in that area as well. Excellent. You, you were telling me about these pictures here. It's kind of a cool thing. What did you, yeah. to kind of build that unity, what, 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 yeah, what did the absolutely. picture represent? Well, there, there were many things that we did to, to bring unity into the family. One of the main things we did is that we believe that if, like our name of our group is, a happy marriage equals a happy family. So God was first, our marriage was second, kids became third, but we together mm. made them a priority. So, and one of the things that we did is every year we made it a tradition to have a family picture That's taken cool. together. And we coordinated our colors and the kids were part of it because we felt that brought, brought unity into the family. That's cool. Uh, something else you told me is that uh, you guys had a, like a date or a date family. Correct. How did that yeah, work? Um, we, we wanted to make sure that we had our date nights like Pastor Glenn uh, suggested last week. Yes. And we still Great do. Job, As a matter of fact, now we do like three or four a week because the kids are older and they do their own thing. So we have like dates all the time. But when they were little, we made at a point to make sure that we had a date night, but we also had a date night with them. And so every Thursday night was family night, and we had it on the calendar. So cool. Each kid was allowed to pick whatever we were going to do that night, what we were going to eat, where we were going to go, what activities we were going to do. And so there was never a fight because each kid knew the wow. next week they would have their turn to pick and choose what they were going to do. That's so awesome. that was that was huge for us. That's awesome. And one more thing we did, oh, Pastor. Yeah. I'm sorry. I'm sure you got one more um, thing. <laughs> I'm sure you have a million. Um, one, one thing that Oliver was really intentional about was really having date with the kids, having time one-on-one -on -one with each child. And when they were elementary school and even through middle school, every Wednesday was his day off, and he would take one of the kids out of school. He would keep them for the day, and he did with them whatever they wanted to do. That was their one-on-one -on -one time. So that really built their relationship. 
you know, because so there, awesome. there's that biological bond that's missing, right? Yep. I have that bond with my children because I carried them for yeah, nine and months. That's, but that's that a real deal, right? that link doesn't exist. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. That link doesn't exist in a step-parent situation. So you have to build that link. Mm -hmm. And they have to be able to know that you love them and you care for them before you can even bring any discipline awesome. into, the, into the board, you know? So God's redeemed. Absolutely. God's redeemed. And I, I just got to brag on these guys. They got five kids and yeah. I've watched your kids and it's just, yeah, not always easy. Like we say here, right? Not always easy, but always good. And to watch Melanie be on full-time staff yes. here to watch Tiffany, who we just sent out was on full over at the, uh, over at the this Academy working and much, Alex yeah. is working here doing <laughs> graphics and to see your family serving the Lord together. Guys, I just want to say job well done. Thank you. Thank you. Thank, Thank you for showing Thank us Jesus. how to do it. God Thank bless you. you guys. I love you. Thank you. And so how do they do this? How do you, how do you take this family unit? How do you, how do you live it successfully? Well, there See? has to be biblical bonding. <laughs> there has to be bonding that takes place around biblical values. And so we're going to make a smoothie today. How many of you are smoothie drinkers out there? Okay. Oh, we, wow. We got to... Oh, don't, okay, we're going to do a little taste test. We'll see if my smoothie is better than your smoothie this morning. But inside your notes this morning, you got a little handout, looks something like this. And we're going to spell the word bonding. We're going to talk about bonding as a family unit, as a blended family unit today. And so I'm going to come back over here and uh, we're going to make this little smoothie. We're going to see how it all turns out. Now, this is a Vitamix. I borrowed this from Doug and Kristen Hayes. I don't know if you guys know, but uh, this Vitamix here, you can put this thing on the back of your bass boat. I mean, and this thing, this thing will push your bass boat along. This is one powerful. This is a super blender. This is the, this is the granddaddy of all blenders here. Let me just see if I can get this right here. So the first thing that you got to do, the first thing in order for, uh, for you to have a smoothie or to have a, to have a bonding family, and I'm going to use bananas here, but the first letter is B. Everyone say believe. So I'm going to stick some bananas in here. And Genesis chapter 50, verse number 20 says the story of Joseph. You know, Joseph who, who had a great dream and a great vision and a great destiny, but it didn't work the way that he thought. The first thing that happened to him is that his brothers didn't like him, and, and really it was a result of a blended family. He had 11 other brothers and a bunch of sisters, and his other brothers didn't like him because of the favor that they saw in his life, and so they sold him into slavery, and, and from slavery, he was thrown into prison, and he, from prison there, he succeeded, but he always had something. He had this belief in God. He had this belief that no matter what his past looked like, no matter how difficult his past was, that God was with him. And he walked through this step with a sense of belief. And when he met his brothers, when they were full-grown adults, and now he was in the palace, and he was a second command in Egypt, his brothers came to him, and there was a famine back in Israel, and they were starving, and, and, and Egypt had plenty of grain because God had given Joseph this wisdom, and, and so he's going to give them food, but they don't know who he is. And they finally, they all, he gets all of his family around him. And you know, he's speaking Egyptian to them, and then he speaks in their native language of Hebrew. And he looks right at them and he says these words, you intended to harm me. You intended to harm me, but God intended it for good to accomplish what is now being done, the saving of many lives. 
And here's the deal. A broken family, a broken marriage, divorce is not God's plan. We don't celebrate that today. But what we celebrate is that God is able to take our past. He's able to move us into our present with a sense of faith and hope and believing that our future is going to be fine. Believing that with God, with God before us, who can be against us? That many people can be saved because we can walk out successfully the blended family. Someone said amen. And so the first one is B. The next one is orange juice. Now, orange juice, as you guys know, orange juice is the great equalizer. You put orange juice in any kind of concoction, and it's going to taste all right. So the orange just stands for make critical speaking. The O stands for make critical speaking out of bounds. I'm just going to test to make sure this orange juice is okay, all right? No, no I'm not going to do that because my wife said I can't drink out of this cup. And I was at dinner last night with some people, and I double dipped on the bread you know, in the little olive there, so I won't do that this morning, but we're going to, because we're going to share this smoothie here in just a moment, so we're going to add some orange juice here, and then uh, this whole, whole thing about speaking our language, uh, the Bible says the power of life and death are in the tongue, Ephesians chapter 4 verse 29 says, let no corrupt word let no corrupt communication proceed out of your mouth, but what is good for necessary edification, that it may impart grace. Everyone say grace. It may impart grace to the hearers. Your words. This, this is one of the great challenges in blended families. Now listen, I've been pastoring. I've been pastoring full time since 1990. I was involved in ministry. I, we planted our first church. I, I was a college and career pastor in the 1980s. I've been doing this a long time and I've been working with lots of families who've had a, lots of challenges in their relationships. And I can tell you the words that you speak, the words that you speak will determine the success of your future and of your destiny. And it's, compl it's complex. I mean, you think you have not only exes, but you have ex-in-laws and kids and spouses and cousins and aunts and, and different ways of doing life and different ways of seeing things and different values about morality and God. And you put all this into, into this relationship of a child. And listen, here's the deal, guys. The kid didn't ask for this. The child didn't ask for this. And so you're, you're sitting there with your new spouse now, your new relationship, and you're talking critical and negative of your ex. And I got to tell you, I got to tell you, what you're sowing in your child is bitterness. What you're sowing in your child is a hurt that you're going to cause division. The fact is that biological parent will always be their biological parent. And the promise of Exodus, the promise of Exodus is to honor our mother and father. Honor our mother and father all the days of our lives so that it may go well with us. There's a principle of honor. And so when you're very careful, listen, you're going to have to navigate. You're going to have to negotiate. You're going to have some maybe some heated conversations with your ex in the back room or on the telephone. But I got to tell you, even then, you got to be careful. When I was 19 years of age, I, I, I lived a man with a man and his son. He, his son was my best friend. And I remember listening to that man talk on the phone with his ex-wife. And I had never heard anybody say such evil things about that other person. Horrific, horrendous. Those words bring death because death and life are in the power of your tongue. So we got some orange. So make critical speaking, make critical speaking out of bounds. I would say this in all of our relationships. See, our words are to bring grace to those who hear. It might be true, but is it helpful in that moment? The next one is nectarines. Now, uh, 
Nectarines are out of season right now, so we did a little fudging on this one. But these are our nectarines this morning. We're going to put nectarines in there. And you're in a blended family or a step family situation, or you're entering into this relationship. You got to you got to know that you're not replacing a parent. You're the you're the you're the stepfather or the stepmom coming into this relationship. You are not replacing a parent, but you are building a new relationship. You're building a new relationship. Proverbs chapter 23 says this. Use wisdom and understanding to establish your home. Let good sense fill the rooms with priceless treasures. Let, let, uh, let good sense, and there's good sense, and there's good wisdom and understanding that it takes probably two years for a relationship just to start to really gel, just to start to really connect. And you think of a child uh, and, and, you know, I know some kids like Yasti and Oliver, Alex was 18 months, and so he really wasn't even aware. She told me he wasn't even aware that Oliver was his stepfather until he was five. He didn't even believe it. So that was a little different scenario, but I was talking with the, one of the young people in our church, and their parents, her, her biological parents had just gotten divorced in the last couple of years, and her mom's remarried, and, and how difficult and how challenging it was. And here's the deal, relationships, relationships take time. They take time, all relationships. Relationships take time. They take words. They take using the right words, the appropriate words. What I've found is that connection always precedes cooperation. Everyone say that with me. Connection precedes cooperation. There's got to be a connection. And connection happens in time. It happens in our words. And it happens by our actions. All relationships are, are built this way. So it takes at least two years. And then it takes another four to five years for that family to really start to bond, to have a bonding connection where there's, there's some kind of symbiotic flow. There's relationships that are happening there that are on a natural level. And so you recognize that you're not replacing. That, that child will always have that person as their biological parent. And if you're not careful, you try to come in and replace that child. I remember my nephew, his mom had gone through a divorce, and, and they came to live with us. And, and I know that it was a different situation. I wasn't being the biological father, but I tried to be the dad to him. And I remember he looked at me one time, and he just said to me, you're not my dad. And no matter how much I tried, I wasn't his father. And the, the child still has a biological father or a biological mother in their life, and your job is to help them honor them. You can come alongside and love, and, and I've seen over the process of time and years, I've seen stepchildren adopting, like I've watched Melanie and, Ax, uh, and Tiffany and, and, and Alex accept Oliver as their father. They call him Poppy. I mean, he's the one that's in their life every day. They, they have a biological father they honor and they love, but the, the one they've lived with and the one that's raised them has been, uh, has been Oliver. So you're not replacing a parent, you're building a new relationship. Uh, the next one is D. Everyone say dates. Dates stand for discipline. Now, she's got a lot of these in here. I'm just going to put a couple of these in here. This is going to be an interesting smoothie, I can tell you that. Miranda's going, are you sure these ingredients are going to work? I said, well, we'll give it a whirl. We'll see what it tastes like when we get all done here. But agree on discipline. How can two people walk together unless they're agreed? This is in all relationships. This is, I mean, this is for nuclear families. This is where a lot of conflicts take place in homes or where parents don't, they were raised in different families. They were raised in different ways of discipline. Some, some parents were more grace-driven parents. Some parents were more discipline-driven uh, parents. And so this whole thing about agreeing on how you're going to discipline, here's the first thing. The step-parent, the step-parent really needs to lean into the biological parent's authority. That's the first thing. 
You got to know that today. The biological parent, you come in and you try to act like the parent, you try to discipline them like they're your kids, immediately there's going to be repulsion. There's going to be pulling back. They're not going to receive that. It's just, it doesn't make sense to them. So you got to lean in to the biological parent's authority. And the way that that happens is you guys have clear communication. Okay, this is what we're going to do. Now, this is in the beginning stages. The initial stages for a, for a, a step-parent in into that relationship, it's almost like a babysitter. You're not a babysitter, but that same kind of authority. You have the ground rules laid out. The biological parent comes to the child and says, this is the way it's going to be in our house. This is our home. This is the way we live. And, and and this is my new partner, this is my new husband, this is my new wife, and we're in agreement. This is how discipline is going to take place. And I want to thank Mike and Joe Rivera for helping me with this here. But, but this whole thing about you're just stepping it in and you're exercising borrowed authority. Now, over a process of time, that authority and that relationship is going to grow. But you got to be in agreement. This is huge conflict. This isn't just huge conflict in a stepfamily home. This is huge conflict in biological families where the mom and dad are in the home. So you got to be in agreement. The next one is I. And this is investment. This is, uh, the, you know, how many of you invest in the stock market? How many, how many of you have any money in the stock market? Just raise your hand. You got money, just be, you have mutual funds or something like that. How many know that mutual funds go up or your stocks go up and they go what? They go down. Do you know relationships have ups? And relationships have downs. Now, you got to keep an eye. You got to keep an, your eye on your investment. And the eye t- it has to do with investing in your marriage. The thing that will determine whether or not your blended family works or not, the thing that will determine if you succeed in bonding in your, your blended family is that you're investing in it. So we're going to put a little eye. Now, eye is the thing that enables this thing to integrate. The marriage unit, the, a successful marriage unit is what enables a blended family really to succeed. Statistically, hear me today, 70% of people get remarried within the first two years. And then 70% of those people in the next three to five years will experience divorce. Why? Because the first, the first investment you have to make is in your new relationship. And there's this tension with biological, with, with step families and, and the blended family unit that these are my kids and these are your kids. And they didn't come into an agreement. They didn't work through this process. So you investing in your relationship, making that your priority. Pastor Glenn did a phenomenal job last week on talking about and investing in your relationship. You need to go online. You need to watch that, take notes. He had a little handout with that. It was a great, great, great uh, uh, understanding of how to have a successful marriage. So you have to invest in your current relationship. The next one is that you got to make love, not names. Make sure love, not names, defines your family. Now, we're going to, this is the secret sauce here in my, uh, in my smoothie this morning. We're going to put a little nutmeg. We're going to blend a little nutmeg in here. It's just the spice. It's the spice. Relationships. Make sure love. Love is demonstrated through the way that we communicate. Love is demonstrated through the way that we treat one another. Love, I love 1 Corinthians chapter 14, verse 1. It says, let love be your highest goal. Learning to walk in love with one another. Love forgives. Love isn't easily offended. Love doesn't harbor offenses. Love pours out more grace than it does discipline. Love. Make love your highest goal. So maybe I just put another splash of nutmeg. That doesn't look like that's enough nutmeg in there. So we're just going to put a little more love. And just a little more love. 
It makes the world go round. Jesus said that you will know that they are my disciples by their love. And it's the love of God that was demonstrated to us through his son, Jesus. We didn't deserve it. We were messed up. We were wretches. We were broken. Well, I was, you know, I was saved when I was six years old and a little child and never, never strayed from the way. The Bible still says your heart was desperately wicked. The fact is we were born sinners and we needed a savior. And the love of God was shown to us. And so when blended families come together, this is the highest goal. And when you make love, not last, not last names, the priority in that relationship, you're going to see that this thing is going to start to blend and bond really well. And then the last one is grow in God, is G. And that stands for my greens here. We're going to put some greens in this thing here. All right, so... You know, and every time I've looked at a smoothie in the past and they hand me this green drink, it always just looks kind of nasty. But I got to tell you, this thing's going to be smooth. <laughs> this is going to be. A, and so I'm going to put the lid on top of this. The Bible says, the Bible says in Colossians chapter 2, make sure, make sure, let your roots grow down deep into him. Let your lives be built on him. Then your faith will grow strong in the truth that you will taught, you were taught, and you will overflow with thanksgiving with thanksgivingness, growing in God. How do you grow in God today? How do you grow in God today? First of all, you got to have a relationship with Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. You have to know God. You have to personally have a relationship with him. Last night, we had, my wife and I had dinner with a new couple in our church, and they were telling us about their story, how they came to Christ. And they grew up in a church. They grew up in the church environment. They grew up in a Catholic church, but they had never really known God. And she was telling me she was going through a really dramatic time in her life. And, and, and she went to this conference. And at that conference, she experienced Christ. She experienced the resurrection Jesus in her life. And she was radically changed. She, her and her husband had already been married for many years. And she said, I went back home. And, and, and he looked at me and he said, like, what happened to you? She was changed. She had joy. All the depression and the sadness and discouragement was lifted. And he just watched her. He said, I think she's nuts. She is off her rocker. But as he watched her grow in God, full of the grace of God and the love of God, and as she just served him over the next nine months, he realized that what was happening to her was real. And you know what she, you know what she had done? She got plugged into God. And then she got plugged into God's family. If you're going to grow in God today, what I've, I've been so impressed with the couples that I've seen succeed here in the blended family world is that they've grown in God. They've had that relationship, right? But they've also had the family grow in God together by serving and being part of a local church. Here's the deal. So many families miss this. So many families think that they're going to grow in God. They're going to have great spiritual kids, and they never get connected to the body of Christ. They never get connected in a local church environment where they're serving together. And I want to challenge you today. I, the first priority of our life is to do the things that Jesus did. And what Jesus did, he said, I have come to build my church and the gates of hell won't prevail against it. And if your family, your family is blended and growing in God and a healthy local church environment, you got the right ingredients in there. So we got all these ingredients in there and that's awesome and that's great. But I got to tell you, it doesn't work until we turn it on. Isn't that right? doesn't work till now they got this thing all the way over here to no they got we got it right gonna put it down on one so we got this at the right level here because i gotta tell you if you get this thing started too fast you're gonna have a great big what you're gonna big mess so we got to start slow and i can come over here and they told me i just got to turn the switch on so i'm gonna turn the switch on 
what happened? What's that? What's that? Oh, I'm not plugged in. I got to be plugged in to the power source. We can have all the right ingredients in this thing here, but if we're not plugged into the power source, and the power source for us, the juice for us that makes this work is Jesus. Everyone say Jesus. So I'm going to come over here, and I'm going to plug this thing in. Let's see how this all works out here. We, oh, oh, it's already on here. Woo! We're going to mix this up a little bit here. We got that orange juice, and... We got the dates and the bananas and the greens. I got to push them down in there. We're going to turn it up a little bit. Better get a little. We're mixing it up. We're plugged into the power source. We got the Holy Spirit working in our life, taking all the challenges and all the complexities. He's adding love. He's adding grace. We're putting an investment into our relationships. We're believing God's for us. Amen. We're believing that God's with us. We're making critical speaking out of bounds in our relationships. We're making love, not last names, the focus. We're walking in agreement and in our discipline. Now we're gonna, we're just gonna crank it up a little higher here. All right, a little more. little more. We're just about there. We're going all the way up, Doc. All the way to 10. Captain, give me more power. We're getting more of the Holy Ghost. All right. All right, we got a, we got a blended, bonded smoothie here. All right, come on. Now, how many of you out there willing to try it this morning? Anybody want to try this? All right. What's that? We got some people right over here. Hey, I need somebody to help me pass these trays out. Do I got a couple assistants here? Okay. All right. Let's see here. We're going to pour this out. Uh, get my glass first. I got to try it. I'm going to be the guinea pig, right? I'll try it first here. There's only one tray here. All right. Thanks, Mike. I appreciate that. What a great servant there. What's that? I'll do it real quick here. We're going to pour it in here. We're going to make a mess. All right, this cups are going to be a mess. Cool, there you go. Pass that out here. Now, don't drink it yet. All right, we're going to try it here. You got to go quick, Mike. All right, pass them out. We're plugged in. We're plugged into God. We're plugged into the power source today. I want you to hear this today. You got to hear this today. The grace of God grows in our life in proportion to our ability to listen, to obey, and walk in step with the Holy Spirit. See, when Jesus died on the cross, before he went to the cross, he said, I'll never leave you alone. I'll give you my spirit. I'll give you my power. See, the power of the Holy Spirit comes on us not only comes on us, but comes and lives within us. That's what makes us Christ followers. That's what separates us from just having a form of religion to having the power of God dwelling and living inside of us. You got to hear me today, guys. You can have all the right ingredients. You can do all the right things. You can read all the right books. 
But if that grace of the Holy Spirit isn't flowing in our lives, if that grace of the Holy Spirit isn't flowing in your life, this thing will never bond right. This thing will never blend right. You'll be struggling and striving and frustrated and angry. God is at work in your heart and life. And as Joseph, as Joseph looked before his brothers and said, what you meant for evil, what the enemy meant for evil, God will turn for good so that many can be saved. And when the blended family bonds according to God's biblical purpose and pattern, I want you to know today your life will be different. Your life will be different. You guys got your smoothie? All right, you guys ready to try it? On the count of, I didn't try mine yet. I guess we're all going to do it together. On the count of three, one, two, three, let's do it, all right? Not bad. Not bad. What do you think, guys? What do you give me here? It works? She says, yuck. How many are for it? All right, good. Guys, I want you to close your eyes. We've got somebody on the keyboard here. All right. I had a couple things that I, we left off there, but here, you got to hear me today. You got to hear me today. The, the factor, the factors that make successful families, blended families work. You can take all these ingredients, and there's a lot of books, and there's a lot of information out there. But hear me today. Without the grace of God, without God's grace, and the power of his indwelling spirit in your life, it's hard. Life's hard enough. But God enables us. Paul said, Paul said the Lord told him when he was going through a difficult time, when he was fighting for his very life, Paul said, the Lord said to him, my grace is sufficient for you today. And you might be a, be a blended family here today. You might be a single mom here today, and you just feel overwhelmed. It just seems so hard. I want you to know God's grace is sufficient for you. God cares for you today. We have a connect card here at City Church, and in just a moment, I'm going to pray over everybody, but I want you to take this connect card. I want you to take this connect card, and at the end of the message today, on the back of it, there's some steps for you to, to, to check off. Maybe you're here today, and you've never committed your life to Christ. That's the first step. Or maybe you, you need to, you're renewing your commitment to Christ today, and that's your step today. You're here as a, you're a believer, but you've never gone into the pools of baptism. Next service, we're going to have a baptismal service. You need to be baptized. It's your next step of obedience and following Christ. But here's the deal, guys. God is for you today. I want every person that's in a step family or a single parent that's in the room, I want you to stand right now. And as a congregation, we're going to pray over you. Every person that's in a step family situation or a blended family, I want you to stand right now. I want you to know I love you. This church loves you. We are here for you. We believe that the God that is in us is in you today, and he's for you today. And so we're going to pray right now. I want the rest of the congregation, you can see those that are standing around you. Can you just stretch your hands towards them? And I'm going to pray over them this morning. Father, we thank you today. We thank you, Lord, that your grace is sufficient and available for us. Lord, we thank you for the work of your spirit, Lord Jesus, that you've called us by name. God, the things of our past don't have to dictate our future when we surrender our life to you. God, I thank you, Lord, for the families that are here, the single moms and the, the step families that are here today. I thank you that they are coming to you, looking to you as their source, and I speak life over them. Lord Jesus, I thank you that you are turning the events of their past and into their present for your good. Lord, for, for their good, but ultimately for your glory. 
I thank you that your hand is upon them today. I pray divine protection from the plans of the evil one. I pray, God, that the Holy Spirit will empower them and fill them today to be able to live the successful life that you created them to live. I bless them today. Father, we thank you for your grace, which is so amazing, and your wonderful and mighty name. And everyone said, amen.